Welcome to the Real Estate Agent Superstars. I'm your host, RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending. And today I have a veteran of the real estate industry, Melody Rivera with Keller Williams. And Melody has been in the business now 31 years. And we're gonna talk about her longevity in the business, how she's stayed productive and kept her business going, uh, some of the ups and downs and the things she's doing. So really excited to have Melody on the show today. Uh, thank you for doing this. Welcome to the show, Melody. Yes, thank you, RJ. I really appreciate it. Maybe I can give a little bit of insight to this crazy market. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is crazy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background and how did you get started in real estate? Yeah, so I was um, went to school at DU and graduated. I'm a Colorado native. And then I decided that um, I was going to go to chiropractic school out in Illinois. So I went to Chicago and 10 at 10 years later, after, you know, undergrad and then five years of chiropractic, I got my doctorate license. Then I came back to Colorado. But in the meantime, I was buying real estate in Chicago and I had bought my first property there, a little house at $250. I used a FHA program. And um, bought that property, hacked all the rooms, didn't know I was doing that at the time, but had people live with me. And then fast forward, I came out to Colorado. I started buying a few more properties. And one of my patients was a realtor. And she mm. said, Melody, you should really think about your license, getting a license. And I said, great, I'll do it. And she said, well, you can't do it part time. So at that point in time, after 10 years of education, and I'd already been in my practice four to five years, I decided that really real estate was would be a good change for me. Uh, and so I decided that I'd go full board. And so it took me about a year to shut down my practice. And then I started in real estate and that was 31 years ago. And I didn't realize really what was ahead or what the career would bring for me, but it has been amazing in my life. So, yeah, I bet. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how many people have different backgrounds. I don't think anyone grew up uh, saying they want to become a real estate agent one day. Oh, that's a true statement. Uh, you know, I've had several clients come into the business, uh, attorneys, um, mm -hmm. some in the doctor field, different different types of doctors, you know, construction field. Uh, so it's very interesting that they were in another field first and then came into real estate and there that I've had about 10 and really out of 10, probably two are still in the business. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> well, it's not easy to, to stay um, in this business. I mean, there's, there's downtimes, there's uptimes and yeah, for sure. The trick right? is getting through the downtimes. Oh, for sure. And I think too, you know, I mean, just for everyone out there, when I started in the business, you know, that was people moved three to five years, really. And mm -hmm. so I could, could count on some business coming in and then I would keep my pipeline full. But now the stats are people move every nine to 15 years. So people in the mm -hmm. business now have really got to keep that pipeline full in order to have continuous business. And plus you have to navigate the ups and the downs, right? Um, flat markets, up markets, down markets. We're always navigating something. So, yeah. So not that e this business isn't that easy. I think people do come into it thinking it is, but it is 
easy entry, but not easy to build a business and actually treat it like a business. But once you do that, your career can just take you to so many places. You know, you can do anything in the real estate, build, sell, commercial, title, everything. So, so many aspects. It opens a lot of doors. Totally. So why do you think that that cycle has increased since 31 years ago from three to five years to what did you say, nine to 15 years? Yeah, nine to 15. That's a good question, RJ. I think at that time, you know, three to five years, we had a big um, baby boomer. Um, mm -hmm. And we had a lot of people, believe it or not, um, you know, families were being created and ex families were expanding. And so you had people saying, okay, I'll be here for a little bit and then move in three years, move in five years, right? And then fast forward, um, when I've done some data searching, fast forward to 2008 when we had the big debacle, they were saying that the sometime in there we had some birth control come into the system. And so what happened was it really reduced the amount of families that were growing. So people didn't really need to move. And of course, our new build stopped, right? So people held off a little bit. So I think it's a factor of a couple of things. Markets, how our markets move and rates. And if we have a down market, people aren't going to move as much. But I really think it came to um, just growing families. So if if you were a family of two and you weren't growing, then you didn't need to move. And I think fast forward, that's kind of how it's 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 become, you know, back, mm -hmm. back for me, all those families were growing and within yeah. three to five years, they would need a house to go to. So I think there's a lot of factors to it, but when I study some of the data and the history going back, that's what they, they, you know, claim to say that that had a big effect on our market, even our building market. We built all these properties for growing families and then they found out that really wasn't happening. So we had a huge amount of inventory left in our hands, 2008, plus the financial market. Yeah, way too much fun. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so how how else have things changed since 31 years ago? I mean, it must have been a lot different back then. It 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 was, but it's not. It's um, It was hard to do business back then, and it's hard to do business now. Um, the markets... In, in what so, was it hard back then? Back then. So yeah. I bought in 14% interest rates. So it was 14%. Mm. Okay. Then it came down to nine. All right. And we were doing things already 30, 31 years ago. We were doing two and buy downs. We were doing all of those things in order to get people into the market. I think people forget that we still had... Um, unemployment was probably not as low as it is now. We were coming out of the 80s of the savings and loan crash, at least here in Colorado. So we had our challenges here in trying to help people buy and sell. So there were programs out here to do that, but we were selling at 14% and then 9%. And people's income certainly follows that, right? We were not making, I mean, it was $2 and 50 cents, I think at that time for, you know, a base ink, a base salary or not salary, but, um, minimum wage. yes. Uh-huh. Thank you. Minimum wage, uh -huh. you know, so fast forward now, people will say that 
the prices are very high, right? But we make more income now and the rates are at six, six and a half, seven percent. But really, really, that was an average rate. So our difficult difficulties 30 years ago were we still had to sell at 14 percent. People only had so much income. Okay. The one thing that was on our site, though, is we had inventory. We had a lot of inventory back then. Right. So now come now 30 years later, it's still prices feel high. Right. Our incomes are up, but it's still paces at the same. But now the rates are a little bit of shock to everyone. So we have to try to shift so that we can accommodate um the emotion for people because they're used to being in 3%. You know, I'm used to being in 14%, 9%, 8%. If you've yeah. never been there, you don't know that really 6%, six and a half, seven, those are good rates. So we yeah. still had, yeah, we still had challenges. We had high rates. We had inventory to sell, but people only made so much money. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had to do different types of loan programs back then. And I think also, I think the challenge was um, we couldn't do business as quickly. Like now, I mean, we worked off of pagers. I found a payphone to go and call, <laughs> you know. So yeah. and now we can do business very quickly, which is a plus. You know, we can get things done and move on to our next transaction. Back then, it was a lot slower. Yeah, how, what did it look like? I mean, you probably didn't have CTM or anything like that, I'm guessing. Like, Correct. did you have to have people hand sign things? Yes, we had them hand sign. I, if I remember correctly, our contracts were four pages long and okay. we had them hand sign everything and you delivered everything with earnest money. There was not an option to do MEC plus two days or an alternative earnest money deadline. That That just didn't exist. So everything had to get delivered um, from agent to agent. And we did, you know, we looked for properties out of a book that was about this thick, you know, mm -hmm. and that's how we did it. People met us at our office. That was really nice. You know, I will say that that is one thing I miss is that you met people at the office. It was more personal. You know, now I'm meeting them on the fly here at different properties sometimes, not always at the office. It's a mix. Back then we had certain systems that happened and it was easy to put in place because our technology was less back then. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you met people at the office, you showed them a book, we set properties, you wrote a contract, four pages, they signed it there, we went over it. Now we have all these different options. Yeah. So I think I think people coming into it now it would make no difference. Um, right. Because they don't know what they don't know. So. Right, right. Well, I, you know, and coming into this conversation, I didn't know which direction it would go, but I'm finding this really interesting to hear about how it was back then. Um, yes. How long did a typical transaction take back then? Was it longer because of the lack <laughs> um, of technology? 40, yeah. Forty five to 60 days. OK, yeah. so it's sped yeah. up the process mm -hmm. with the technology we have today. Oh, for sure. Everything. You know, so, and it's, yeah. it's good. I mean, a lot of it I like, um, and technology, it's just the personal part is lost a little bit. And mm. so, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And, and it's in all industries. It just isn't in our industry. Yeah. We're used to getting yeah. on and, and getting things answered right away or doing things this way. Right. So, 
yeah well society in general like i have two high schoolers and i think about all the social media stuff they did and back yes. when we were kids you you yes. go over to your friend's house and knock on the yeah. door it's like exactly <laughs> you know i mean that's what you would do yeah it's that's too funny <laughs> it's true though no. <laughs> yeah that is but, so um, funny yeah so did people back then think prices were high on houses has that been oh, kind of the absolutely. going theme? Like, it seems you know, like I, I ever know. since I've been in the business 20 years, they never say the price is low. I know. Never. Yeah. And, and really, what is our experience, you and I, when have we ever been able to time the market when we have high prices and we get to buy low? You know, you get to sell high and you get to buy low. I, I've, I haven't had that experience and I've purchased property no. my entire life. Yeah. Unless so, you're lucky. You just, yeah. unless you lock on it. Yes. Right. Right. You just happen to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you moved to a different state and you were able to buy your entry level was lower, but you sold at a very high price because you were in a very demanding state. Right. Yeah. That's where I see it work for people. Right. And so you asked me if people complained about the price. Absolutely. And I'll give you an example. I bought a duplex over here in the Highlands neighborhood off of 38th and Lowell and um it was 42,000 for the whole duplex <laughs> and I complained the entire way to the closing yeah. I complained about it I was like this is too high da, 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 da. so yes we complained about it still and the my broker at that time she's like if you don't buy it I'm gonna buy it you know mm. and so it really did help me to step back and say wow this is really a good transaction in terms of because we did a lot of owner yeah. carries back then too so mm -hmm. that particular seller carried the note for me for i think 10 years 12 years yeah so wow yeah, it was great we had a lot of different things going on back then right instead of your i mean we did a lot of different owner carries wraps <laughs> yeah, yeah to one buy downs yeah i'm sure yeah because mm -hmm. of the rates especially yeah Mm-hmm. Had to figure yeah. it out. You always figure it out. It's just you have to stay really hungry for the business. And you have right. to stay, yeah. You really do. It's got to be a passion. It's got to be something you love. There has to be a drive for you to keep going and to shift with the markets and adapt. Yeah. One hundred percent. I yeah. I'm a believer that you there's always business out there, so you just have to go get it. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Things Absolutely. True today. Well, you're, I'm 31, you're 20 years. I mean, we've been through a lot mm -hmm. of different shifts. Yeah, totally. So what's been the secret to your longevity? Um, I really do think uh, now that I, I, when I really sit down and think about it, I have a passion for it, but I started in this business wanting to build wealth with real estate. and. Mm -hmm. That has been my passion all the way along. I truly believe that if you're in this business and you're not buying real estate, you're missing 80% of, of why we're here. I mean, mm -hmm. we should be buying our own product. And I don't care if it's just one other property. You, you should be doing that. Um, yeah. And so I really started building wealth, but that passion has always stayed the same for me, RJ, is that 
I continue to buy real estate. It doesn't matter what market we're in. I am always in. And that has helped me stay motivated to help others to build wealth because 30 years later, what it has helped me do is really live an amazing life. I live the life I want to live. I can retire tomorrow if I want to or continue to do business. So there's got to be some passion that drives you there. They always talk about the big why. There's got to be a why that keeps you in the business. And for me, it was building wealth and creating a future for me to want to live the life that I choose to live. It's different for everyone, right? Um, and so I, I, and, and I'll say there's a second thing, a second thing that's helped keep me in the business and keep the drive there is probably um, early in my career, I decided to build a team. And so mm -hmm. five years into my career, I decided to build a team. I started with a buyer agent, a listing agent, and an executive assistant. And I've always continued to do that. And that keeps me... Um, accountable for one, mm -hmm. but also what it does is it helps energize me because you have to remember 31 years is it's, there's people 40 or 50 years, even in my business, you know, in that drive, every time it shifts becomes, I mean, we can all just say it daunting. It, it just, we'll have to shift again. Now we have to figure out how to do business again. We have to find out who's going to do business with us, right? And then we have to learn different different loan programs or different ways of doing business. And that becomes a daunting, um, arduous path when it's doing it every five, eight, or 10 years. Sure. And so for me, the second one is I love buying real estate as as rental properties, but also the team. I, I really, I will always have the team in place um, just because that drive really helps me, their energy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you first start building a team? How did you find your people initially? Oh, by so many mistakes. <laughs> I mean, oh right my, there with you. I did the same I, thing. I was like, can I not get this right? I mean, I have had teams as big as 15 to two. I'm like, okay, it's me and the executive assistant now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. up and down, up and down. Right. So really, um, back then it was word of mouth. You could really, you know, 30, 26 years ago, I could go and talk to people at title, right. And say, who's looking to be on a team who would like to have a mentor. Um, that's really going to teach them how to do the business. Mm -hmm. So for the actual team members, buyer agents and listing agents, that's how I did it. Now, fast forward in the middle, then I started using all the fancy things on technology, right? To get out there, um, LinkedIn, all those things. So I did, I found great people that way. Uh, and then the third, now fast forward, it's still word of mouth. You know, I um, have a team of six right now. And yeah. so, um, yeah. And so, and it's word of mouth, but in the middle of my career, I did more of the LinkedIn and any technology that I could use to get the word out. Yeah. So, yeah. but 
always, always, always searching and always it, it's it's a challenge. You know, I think the biggest challenge is an executive assistant. If that's the first thing, really, people should get a transaction coordinator and then they should get an executive assistant. Those are the two people you absolutely should have if you want to grow. Yeah. yeah. So, do you, and do you have those two roles uh, mm -hmm. right now? Yeah. And I've always had them. Those two I've managed to keep in play, except for one year. <laughs> I was okay. out an executive assistant. Let me tell you, you once you have one, you will not go back. It doesn't matter what market you're in. You will figure out how to get business to keep your executive assistant in place because you don't want to do all the things they do yeah. once you have one. Yeah. Yeah. What you don't does realize. your executive assistant, what, what does your executive assistant do? So what she does is um, everything. I mean, she does all my um, coordination of showings. She does all my coordination with inspectors. She goes, she gets all the listings ready. All I'm doing is prospecting and going on appointments and um, going to networking events. And I still do a lot of open houses. I mean, fast mm -hmm. forward 31 years, I'm not out of the open house game. I mean, I could be, but um, I enjoy doing them. So I still do them. So she does everything else. She's coordinating the closing. She's coordinating all the contract dates. She's making sure with my transaction coordinator that we are on schedule. She's getting all the title commitment, all of the association and doc documents, all the inspection setup, the appraisals, verifying that our appraisals come in, um, keeping track of all the doc man management items in our systems, right? And then also we do about four events a year. And she's making sure all four of those events are in play and we're we're ready to go um, in January, March. We do them every quarter. So she's usually about three to four months ahead working on the next one. So, yeah. Okay. So she does quite a bit. She goes, she'll meet the clients. She'll go to talk to them. So I'm really trying to train the team is what I'm doing. I'm big on training and then mm -hmm. also converting. So. Okay. Do you yeah. have written out job descriptions for each person? We do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. we do. They're okay. not real um, in-depth. You know, we try to keep it simple. So, um, but she so, does tend to continue to add to hers. <laughs> She'll so usually say, oh, here's one more job. Right. <laughs> that so I do. job description, everything? That's Yes, exactly. Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> keep it yeah, really simple. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Are your client events, are they, are they client events, your four events a year? They are. So one of them we do, like we're getting ready to do a big, um, so we did a July 4th event and okay. um, that's where we usually rent a space. We have people come out to, uh, let's see, what did we do on that one? We did um, bunt cakes for the July mm -hmm. 4th and then like a small um just a meet and greet. And then we also had a dog photographer there. So people who oh. had dogs could take all the photographs they wanted and get them right there. Yeah. Cool. Now the next one we're getting ready to do is a pie event. Well, they'll come and pick up their pies. And then the one that we do at the end of the year, typically, oh, and I'll tell you another one we did. Um, the other one we're doing at the holidays is they'll come and pick up, they can pick a holiday cake, a Christmas tree or a, um, Cake, Christmas tree, or a wreath, and we do that um, in December. 
But the other one we just finished doing was skydiving. Oh, wow. So we did do a skydiving event and we hmm. had about 15 people there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that one was amazing. We did that in August. Yeah. So wow. another one we're getting ready to do, if we can hopefully um, get the weather is, um, oh God, now I just lost my train of thought, is where you're going across the lines. The oh, zip line. Yes. Thank you. Jeez, yeah. Louise. Zip lining. Yeah. So we're going to do that. So awesome. I think we've got a group of 20 now. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we'll mix them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've done movie events. We've done, we've rented out um, the parks with all the water parks. Yeah. We've rented those out. Mm -hmm. We've done, uh, what else have we done? Movies, water parks, and there's, oh, we've done wine events, wine and chocolate. Yeah. Mm. So okay. that helps me um, to get back in front of the client because, mm -hmm. you know, making calls to your sphere is so important. Um, but yeah. you have to remember 31 years ago, we didn't do a lot of that. We didn't have a CRM. We didn't have a database. So mm -hmm. I, so I didn't do a lot of that for, so for me to do it now, um, I might get, make six calls a day. I, I, I tell you, I'm on the call for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, <laughs> on my call. So I can't, I'm trying to get 20 and 20 is my goal every day. I don't think I've gone past six yeah. this year. <laughs> you know, so I'm just being That's honest. That's great, though. Yeah, you must I mean, have really great relationships with your clients. I do, you know, and so we do end up on the phone for quite a bit. So, so that's why those client events are so important to me because I do end up seeing ones I want I, I wasn't able to reach out to. They they come to the event. We typically have anywhere between on a low end thirty and then a high end a hundred. So, okay. So yeah. did you skydive also? Uh -huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yep. Is that your only time doing it or are you a no, regular skydiver? That was my second time. My first time okay. was a year ago and um, this time I actually got my husband to go. So it was great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Cool. It's on my bucket <laughs> Yeah. And clients that I thought would go did, were like, no, what, you know, what are you thinking, Mel? <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then people I didn't think would go. They were like, yes, sign me up. I'm like, what? So it's really fun to ask people, right? Because the ones that you think are going to attend with you are like, no way. <laughs> yeah. So we had That's we had a lot of fun. We did it out in Longmont. So, yeah. I bet. And I bet that creates such a close bond with those 15 that did come there. Like Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think people think they have way. to have 200 people at their client event, but... Uh -uh. You know? Yeah, that was a great bond for for those people. And there, and of course, it's the same ones that want to do the zip lining, right? So it's great. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. So. So if you were to rewind to 1992 and talk to yourself back then, what would you tell yourself getting started? <sighs> you know, I was very fortunate that. If I was anyone else, I would say, I did this by accident. Get a mentor. I, yeah. It was an accident for me. Because really, when I went into the chiropractic business, I had a mentor. I joined a group of 50 mm -hmm. doctors. They had systems. 
and I just followed what they did. And then when I came into the real estate business, the patient I had, she was the owner of the company and she was my mentor. And there was only five of us. And I'll tell you, if she told me to go on the corner and spin a sign, I would have done it. Everything she told me, I did. And that was by accident. So those, both those having mentors, and now fast forward, I see how important they are because we don't have a lot of guidance in real estate. They, you know, you get your license and then you go sign up at an office and then you're just there. And you really don't know what is the next step? What do I do? What system do I create? And when I went to the mentor that I did go to, they had systems in place and I just followed the systems. And and trust me, if you went to them and you said, well, you know, I want to do a newspaper. The first thing the husband would say to you, well, how many transactions do you have? Well, I don't have any this month. Well, I don't think you can do a newspaper then. He really kept you up. And I think the other thing is accountability. That if you have a good mentor, they keep you accountable. You will do very well. And so if I was to rewind, I I think by accident, I fell into that, right? So I wouldn't change that. But what I would do is I would hire quicker. I would have got an executive assistant by second or third year. Because it takes you a few years to figure out what do they do? How do they do it? What do I need them to do? So really, that took me eight to 10 years to get that system down, you know? So I would hire quicker and get my executive assistant, get my transaction coordinator and start getting used to the idea of having an employee and paying out expenses. Because I think it forces you to create, to set up a business then you become become more business minded. So makes sense. What, yeah. what would you say to someone who says, well, I, you know, I, I just have to do it all because no one else can do it as good as me. <laughs> yes, I know. Many people do say that, you know, um, but what I, I tend to ask them is what, what, what are your goals? You know, I'll usually say, what are your goals? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish this year, five years and 10 years? Because if, if the goal is this year for you to do it all yourself and to understand the systems so you can teach someone else, then I think that's a good, a good way to do it. But if your goal is to do it because financially you're scared, I think that's the and just in my opinion, a decision that you need to carefully think about because you can't grow without leverage. I learned that very quickly. Leverage is everything. So you really need to take a step back and say, what are my goals? And and what is my motivation for being in this business? Why am I here? Because if you really are in the business to be a professional realtor and to treat it like a business, these are the steps you have to take, right? So you don't open a restaurant without a cook and you can't be the cook, the dishwasher and the server and take the money in. You just no. can't be it. But for some reason in our business, people think they can be all of those, the cook, the server, you know, the host. And you cannot do that in our business. Eventually, 
you will fail because you're not leveraging. And it doesn't matter what market you're in, you can leverage, but you have to really make some effort to do it, right? This job is work, right? So does it get easier? It does. But you will put 10 years in before it gets easier. And now with the technology, it should really be five to eight years for everyone, not 10 years like it took me. Or even I've I've met agents two years. I mean, they figure it out in the first year and then they start yes. ramping up. And before you know it, they're off to the races. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think hiring quicker helps you to understand, oh, this is what I have to budget for. This is how this person actually is helping me. It gives you a good understanding of a true business, right? And so, and I think that's where the difficulty we have in our industry is that we come into it, but we come into it thinking we're going to make a lot of money in a short amount of time with a little bit of work. I mean, that's what a real, that's what a seller wants. A lot of money, short amount of time and right. not too many hassles. And that's what we think as realtors. And that isn't the way it is. Yeah. So yeah. if you can learn that out of the gate, you'll, you'll be successful no matter what. Yeah, totally. So what would be your word of advice to people right now in this market that are struggling to get through it? They, you know, maybe they have that fear. They're not closing a lot. So, you know, hiring is, you know, I can't imagine hiring. What would be right. your word of advice to get through this period of time? Because this is just a moment in time, in my opinion, the, the market will change. It is a, just a moment in time, right? Um, I think that, um, I mean, my advice would be that you get around other people that are doing better than you and mm. you latch onto them. And that. yeah, because I'll tell you the energy that you get from them and one little thing you could learn could just now take you to two deals a month. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first thing people have to understand is that get people that are much better than you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always hunting for that because someone's always better than me. Someone's always doing more business than me or doing it differently, right? And I think the other thing too is that we have to um, shift in a lot of different ways. So if you own a property now, it, it just doesn't have to be about um, thinking to yourself, well, how am I get, I'm going to get through this business, but how you have to have solutions. You can't dwell in the problem. You've got a 90% has to go to solutions. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can't dwell in the problem. It's too much energy. So you got to think solutions. So if you've got a two bedroom house and the other bedroom's empty, rent it out. Start thinking about how money's coming in, right? It just doesn't have to be about the real estate itself, my business, right? It does, but it doesn't. Think of other ways to leverage, right? And that is one way to leverage. If you have to get a night job, get a night job. I had one for five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing it did for me was it kept me accountable on time because I had to get, you know, eight to five. I needed to get things done. And, and my mentor made sure we were accountable to calls, appointments, and what open house were we doing and what was our next appointment. So I had to make sure to get things done and then go off to my other job. 
So I think sometimes people don't realize, yes, you're coming into the real estate career, but sometimes you have to, you know, you have to figure out another plan mm -hmm. um, while you're trying to do this at the same time. So um, it's doable. It's just you have to think solutions, you know, yeah. so, yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, you have such a great perspective with your experience, and I just really appreciate you sharing all of this with the people listening. It's been great to have you on the show. I really appreciate it, RJ. I know you're trying to reach out for me for a while. Thank you very much for, I mean, you were consistent. You didn't stop well, calling. This That's a good, I mean, really, you you just kept calling, leaving a nice message, right? And eventually we connected and that's what people mm -hmm. need. So I yep. appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And if, and if you're listening to this show and you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. That's how the word gets out and subscribe, like the show and leave us a five-star review if you're so inclined. And um, I just wanted to thank again, Melody Rivera from Keller Williams. I'm RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, and you all have a great rest of your day.